February 3rd, 2008, University Phoenix Stadium, Glendale, Arizona. 1.15 left in the fourth quarter, the New York Giants trail the undefeated New England Patriots by four. Eli Manning drops back, escapes the pocket, and heaves one downfield. And he caught it. He f***ing caught it. This is 18 and 1. Hello. Welcome to Games with Names, presented by WinBet. I'm Julian Edelman. And I'm Sam Morrell. And we're on the search for the greatest games of all time. Today's episode, 18 wins and one giant loss. Super Bowl 42, Pats versus Giants. Today we're going to be joined, not by one, but two very special guests. Teddy Bruschi and Eli Manning. It was a tough one for the Patriot Nation that day. You weren't there yet, but it, Wasn't still, there. it still stings a little. It's David versus Goliath. This team was undefeated. My gut reaction as a New York sports fan is this is as good as it gets. I mean, we're beating Boston, who is, is always going to be the rival, right? Always a rival. And then this is one of the greatest teams ever assembled. I mean, this is... An 18-0 team, Brady, Moss, Welker, Dante Stallworth. That offense was crazy. Brady's the MVP on top of it. So beating beating the GOAT in the Super Bowl when they're undefeated, no one picked the Giants to win. Yeah, you know, no one really did. And it, and it proves to you any given Sunday in the National Football League is a real deal Holyfield thing. And it's pretty impressive. My first impressions are, I remember as a kid, I was in college then, Giants sneak into the playoffs, but they had this they had this chemistry, they had this formula. They came on late. They year. came on late yeah. and and like they were playing their best football at the end. They did it the absolute hardest way you can do it. They had like a win and get in game to get in the playoffs. They get into the wild card, go on the road on every I think it was they were on the road every game, right? Were they yeah, on the road and they every started game? to look good. I remember Jeremy Shockey went down, and that was a real bummer because he was looking awesome for us. Yeah. And, uh, but I remember week, whatever week we played the Patriots in the regular season. It was late, late in the season. It was late, and I remember the Giants lost, but they barely lost. It was one of those fights where I was like, damn, the Giants are good. I, I didn't realize how good they were until that game. And that's one of those games where, as a, as a player – especially if you have the immense amount of pressure that the Patriots were going through that whole year, because it gets tough. Yeah. You know, they were, they were going for it. They were you know, the whole humble pie and thing, humble pie bull thing that they had going. But to play a team that you could eventually maybe see again that played you really tough. I was I, thinking about that. That's why I thought we had a chance going in. And and we we got Jack. What's up, Jack, Jackie? What's up? That, was, that was week 17. Wow. Patriots he, escaped 38-35. In yeah. New York. But the Giants fought. That was I remember being like, we could we could beat the Jabbar Patriots. Gaffney on the, the deep return. Remember that? Was it that game or was that the Baltimore game? But regardless, let me, let me check remember. on that. This was also the game Randy set the T D record uh for most in a single season. Twenty three. Yeah, he, he was a he was a phenom that, that Randy year. Moss was one of the coolest teammates to have. I mean, he was just you saw all the crazy things he did in, in, in the game. But in practice, he was doing even crazier things like Randy Moss and his. And what kind honest, of stuff? Give give us a taste. 
We just have these like nonchalant one-handed catches with the guy like Damn. balling them and stuff. Like one hand catch, toe tap, sideline. You can't do that in the game for the Patriots or Belichick would if you miss one of those. When you're Randy Moss, you could do what you want. All right. You know, he's that that caliber of a player. But the best thing about Randy was coming in on Saturday and hearing about him watching 60 minutes on Friday and, and hearing him break down uh, you know, murders and and all these things that Anything that happened on 60 Minutes, you know, Randy would have his, he's so country. He's got that, hey, Edel Nut, you watch that 60 Minutes? I'm like, no, Randy, I didn't. He goes, well, this motherfucker tried to kill his wife to get the shit. Like, that's how he would talk. And like, we would have to stop the meeting, the receiver meeting, and Randy would get in there. And like, I remember Chatty O'Shea, he's our coach. He was a first time coach at the Patriots that year. And he would sit there and you could just see him shaking his head like, Randy, we got to. We got we to gotta coach some things like, hey, wait up, chatty I got this shit. I love the ideas of you guys coming in unprepared because Randy Moss is breaking down like a forensic files or something. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like, sorry, guys, we got to We got to talk about this. It, it, that's how it was. But he was an awesome teammate, man. And it sucks that, you know, they didn't get to finish that off. And it was I remember like, another Giants win AFC champion or NFC championship Giants uh, Vikings. I was at this game. I was in the last row of the stadium with my friend and his dad. And the Giants beat the Vikings 41-0. Kerry Collins just went the fuck off. Kerry Collins. They said he was thirsty. Oh, yeah. He, he liked Grandpa's old cough medicine. Yeah, let's just say he was an old, thirsty old guy. The word in the street is that he needed a ride to the stadium. So I never heard that, but that's coming from you. But let's go back <laughs> in February 3rd, 2008. Uh, number one movie was Fool's Gold. Fool's this, Gold. This is back when Matthew McConaughey was not cool. I thought he was cool. I he was his... cool, but he, he's got how much cooler did he get when he was in like Wolf of Wall Street and True Detective? And he was on like a 10 year run of like shitty rom-coms. I like rom-coms though. They're, they're pretty, I mean. They always... you're, you're a how to lose a guy in 10 days. I mean, was that, was that was with Heath Ledger or something? Or was no, that... that was McConaughey again. Uh, another one. Yeah. I don't, they're all they're all lumped in the same, but you know it's it's always that's how you know they're not good. You would never say Ah, Godfather. It's lumped in with all the other shit. You know, no, they're all right. It, uh, it serves a purpose, but these aren't good. There's good rom coms. Good date these movies. Were, good date movies, Sam. I know you just joined Raya. Why don't you, you know, take a little of those rom coms, Julian? You could get laid if you took a woman to see Saw. No. You could be like, you have that kind of game. I've seen no, it. No, it's absolutely not. But the number one song in America, though. And I appreciate the Raya reference. Thank you. <laughs> was Low uh, by Flo Rida and featuring T-Pain, who's a big Twitch guy now. That's a good song. Got them apple bottom jeans, boo, in the skirt. Something, something. Man, man, man. She, she hit, hit the, the flow. flow. But I got low, low, low. Yeah, we got that. We that got, was a good yeah, song. That was pretty good. What you we know, just did there. <laughs> that was like straight college, going to the club in Akron, Ohio. I was. Where were you in two thousand eight? I was in. I was in New York. I was at college. What college? I, I was in NYU, and NY, I, I went to NYU. The parade. What a smart guy. NYU. I went to Kent Reed, Kent Wright, Kent State. Shout out, Go Flash. Made the love. NFL. Star football player. I mean, we all can't. I don't know if you saw. I don't know if you've seen the NYU uh, sporting teams. I could have probably walked on that basketball team, and I stink. No, usually the NYU people own the sporting teams, Sam. <laughs> but let's get back to uh, what were some ridiculous trends of 2008. 
Ugg boots. Uh, I will say this: I never wore the boots, but I got a, I got a pair of the Ugg slippers at home, and I the love best. Them. I did an Uggs commercial back in the did day. You? I did with Tom. Tom joined in 2010. Obviously, it was all over Boston. There was like a Uggs billboard. He was doing. I, th- the I com- think he said Ugg when Eli made that uh, pass to Plaxico. Yeah, that was more like ugh, 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 ugh. What else did we have? Ugg Ugg slippers are good. We had Kanye shutter shades. Remember those? Got it. You got. You got. What? You got to block the haters. I guess you got to block the haters. Hey, Kanye, he's revolutionary. I love him. He's crazy, but I like him. I like him. Hey, you want your rock stars crazy? You know. It's just kind of. Note that reminds me of. It's kind of like linebackers. I remember we had a linebacker come in. I won't say no names. He's a good friend of mine, but it was his first day in as a Patriot, and. I had to go across the middle and I jacked him up and coach got mad at me because you're not supposed to hit really in, in practice. And like, I thought it was kind of a soft play on his, on his behalf. And so Bill started yelling at me and I remember yelling back. I was like, I want a fucking linebacker that eats a steak with his fucking hands, not with the fork and knife, Bill. And like, everyone was like, what is he talking about? What are we? That's what that reminds me of, of what were we, what were we talking about? I forgot what we were talking about. Was yeah, I think toughness. And tough. Uh, yeah. said, I think we're talking about like rock stars. Rock Kanye. stars. That's yeah, what yeah, it was. Yeah. Like you want your rock stars yeah, yeah. a little crazy. You want your linebackers, you know, nuts. Yeah. You want a nutty. I want a, I want a crazy wide receiver too while I'm at every once in a while. Not all of them. Not all you of need, them. You need a guy like you, but every once in a while you get like a, you get an AB, you're going to win a little bit. Dude, this is January, 2008. Fucking Heath Ledger died. That's That was sad. That was brutal. He was such a good actor. Such a good actor. Also started in rom-coms. He was... 10 Things I Hate About You is a good rom-com. Great movie. That, but that's what I'm saying. That's a well-written rom-com. Was that in Seattle? It was it in Seattle? Seattle? I believe it was Love in Seattle. Love Larry Miller as the dad. That, that was like, that was right before, that was right after The Joker, right? No, that was 10 Things I Hate About You. Was no, no, right I'm before. talking about when he died. Yeah. It was after The Joker. Posthumous Oscar. He's one of the only ones to, I think Peter Finch from Network got one. Wasn't he like method acting that one? That's the, that's the rumor, I guess. That I mean, like you think he, that he he created demons in his head? Because yeah. then he what did he he did he overdose or he had he had like an upper and a downer or what did he do? He something along those lines. I yeah I think I it don't was, know. It was a combo of pills. It was a co- it was a it was a lethal cocktail. I mean it it is tough when you give that good a performance and you die and then Jared Leto shows up and he gives a bad performance and lives. You're like what the hell. He, Hey, you got to die for this Joker role. That's the, he raised the bar that high. He raised it that high. That's yeah. that's the kind of guy Heath Ledger was. Tom Petty played what? the Super Bowl halftime. He was show. amazing. They, I love Tom Petty. No, what is up with this? I, ever, I mean, all who do you think pe- was on? Who do you think was on more pain pills? Uh, him at halftime or the or the Patriots and Giants that game? <laughs> hey, Jack, do you have a fun fact about Tom Petty? I do. This is a uh, a personal fact. My dad will not listen to. Any band that played the halftime show of a Patriots Super Bowl loss. Wow. Who played against it in, so it was Tom Petty here. And yeah. then the second Giants one is the Chili Peppers. That's a great band not to leave. Yeah. I was going to say, that's too bad. Too bad. You lost out. It's too bad it wasn't like, you know, Lady Gaga or something that year. Not, she's great, but probably not your dad's cup of tea, I would guess. No. Uh, so now Anthony Kiedis and Flea remind my dad of uh, Eli Manning. Damn. Wow. I can't listen to Flea because I just had bed bugs. But... Uh, <laughs> Elliot Spitzer prostitution story broke in uh, March 2008. That was uh, that was huge in New York. The governor knew, succeeded, luckily, by a gentleman named uh, Andrew Cuomo, hey. who never did anything wrong ever. 
Ever. <laughs> Don't you think? I think we're like, dude, why couldn't you just bang prostitutes and not try to sleep with your coworkers? <laughs> just bang whores like a gentleman, like Elliot Spitzer. Not when you're married. That was that was the beginning of those awful politician step down speeches where the wife is just standing there. I'm like, don't make her stand through it. <laughs> this is brutal. Didn't they ban or didn't prostitution become legal in New York now, though? I'm not the guy to ask, Julian. Uh, I'm on Raya now. Oh, sorry. Hey, you know, he's a Raya. He's a Raya member, folks. Dude, uh, in the sports world, <laughs> February 2008. What do we have? Well, lots of stuff. First off, the uh, the Utah Valley lost 76 to 50, completing an 0 and 29 season. A Setting defeat season? A defeat season, yeah. Like so they just got defeated every week. That's rough. That, you know what? I feel bad for those young kids. That's almost as hard to do as an undefeated. As season, a college probably. athlete, though, like they're probably getting motherfucked at basketball practice all day. Yeah. Then they got to go to class. Then they got to study and then they got to do it again and lose 29 times in one season. Feel bad for those kids. Hard to have any swag when you're losing that much and you want to be a swaggy college athlete. That's part of the fun, I would think. Yeah, I went to Kent State, bro. It wasn't like you had swag. We had swag, but it wasn't like anything special. It was you, did you go 0 and 29? No, but we did go like 3 and 6 or yeah, 3 and 9. That's not as bad though. Yeah. We got a uh, Daniel Day Lewis won the Oscar for There Will Be Blood. There will be blood. Uh, that was a, that was a dope movie. Great movie. Fun fact: There will be blood and No Country for All Men filmed at the same time in the same part of Texas, Marla, Texas. And they say that during one of the oil, there were one of the fires of the scenes of There Will Be Blood. There was so much smoke that it almost affected the No Country for All Men. Am I am I right on this one, guys? Do you go No Country or There Will Be Blood? Which one do you like better? There Will Be Blood. I like Daniel Day-Lewis. I love them both. I think I lean slightly No Country. Yeah. Javier Bardem's so scary in that, man. He really was. That's not the awkward scary. That's like the scary, like, you see down at the subway and you, like, see someone with that kind of look and you're just like, <laughs> I'm watching him the whole time. Oh, dude, I got I got my mace ready. It's about to go down. I mean, I, I remember staying in shitty motels doing comedy and thinking, like, someone's going to break in with an air gun and shoot me in the head. That was the, the effect Javier Bardem had on me in that movie. Now, with the air gun. Yeah. For, like, the forensic, is it harder to... Find out from from an was it an it was an air gun nail or was why don't it just, we why don't we call Randy Moss he would we, know right? he he would definitely know Randy would know this <laughs> see that's the kind of that's kind of guy Randy was that's, I do like true do you like true crime too some sometimes I, it gives you anxiety like I feel yeah. so bad for people that make those decisions that have to go down that road like damn thank God I don't have that mindset you know what I mean. Because it's yeah. fucked up on all parts. The people that murder, the people that get murdered, yeah. and then everyone involved who's a part of those families. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's a fucked up thing. I watch a lot of it, and I will, I will. I mean, like, the Jinx, the Staircase, the ones that give you some closure. Zodiac? Zodiac is. That's San Francisco? That's hometown hero. Hometown. My, my mom I was a hero. I shouldn't have said that, probably. You're canceled. Oh, this anti-cancel pack us. <laughs> Let's get into these teams. Sam, I'll let you go with... Your New York football Giants first, of course. Ten and six, Ooh. second in the NFC East. Uh, but they had playoff wins over Tampa. I remember that game. I really remember Dallas because they had Romo, I believe. That was a good Dallas was team. That the, was that the flub snap Romo game? Was It might have been. I don't think it was, actually. I don't think so. 
that was not. It was not. Green Bay, that was the game. Uh, I mean, Brett Favre was still there. I remember it being freezing that game. And I, me- and I remember I met Imani Toomer once and I said, is it true that you guys put, uh, you know, chili, uh, chili flakes in your socks and let it absorb in your socks? And he goes, no, who told you that? I was like, I don't know. I've never Probably heard Probably some that. message board. <laughs> I've never heard that in my life. I know. I don't know why I even said that. I felt so stupid. He was like, what are you, an idiot? I was like, sorry. Note uh, to self for next time you talk to like a, like a childhood, like, you know, one of your fan or your, one of your heroes. Don't ever ask a question like that. I know I fucked up. It, I feel terrible. It's all right. No, it's not all right. It's ter- I mean, I feel Amani, you were a great guy, and I'm sorry. Uh, this was a fourth season under Tom Coughlin, who grew. On- I didn't like him at first. He really grew on me. He almost got fired this year. Yeah, he was tr- almost getting fired every year. He helped Tiki Barber to learn to stop fumbling, which I- made me like him a lot. High and tight. He also, you know, he aged so much throughout Giants coach. He went from like Tom Coughlin to Emperor Palpatine overnight. How red did he get? So red when it was cold. It was the reddest face. He looked like his face was melting off. I kind of, I found it charming actually. Uh, the He's, Giants, the Giants were, we were good, dude. They I were very we, good. I had nothing to do. I cheer no, a lot I, though. You were part of it. You know, you were part of it. <laughs> they were, they were very good. Who they have on there? We had a loaded team offense. We had, you know, obviously the the modern day thunder and lightning of Ahmad Bradshaw and Brandon Jacobs, and. Amazing receivers and plaques uh, before he shot himself. That we really missed him after that. Uh, and Amani Toomer. That's that's really the worst nightmare. Like when you're a fan of a player and you're like, what happened? He shot himself, and you're like, is he okay? Like yeah, he shot himself in the leg, and then it, he got he got arrested because the gun laws. Yeah, like it wasn't registered. It wasn't like all right, you shot yourself. Here's a bandaid. Go home. It was like all right, now you got prison time. Here's what happened. He watched a lot of Dateline, and he was trying to have a gun on him for protection. And it went off. That's my theory. Plax, you're a great guy. You were a, a Super Bowl champ. I'll say this too. I was at the game, the Knicks game, a week and a half before the Super Bowl with my sister. And as we're sitting at the game, Plax comes on the big screen, points to his ring finger. The garden explodes. It was one of those things where my sister's a big Giants fan. And afterwards, she's like, I think I need my first jersey to be Plax. She had gotten me an Eli jersey. We went to Modell's, got her a Plax jersey. It was set that the Giants would win in that moment. Defense, we had Strahan, OCU Minora, Tuck, Antonio Pierce. That was a loaded D, too. That I mean, that defense was stout. I mean, the defensive line, you had Girthy. Pierce, girth, thick, rock hard. Very, Throbbing. very good. And that was like after after that game, everyone was like, is that the blueprint to stop Brady? Just get pressure <laughs> upside in the middle of the pocket. I mean, when you have those four guys that were playing defensive line for the Giants, I mean, I don't think, I don't think every team can shadow that. But let's get over to the New England Patriots. Obviously, they were sixteen and zero during the regular season, going for nineteen and zero in the Super Bowl. First in the AFC, Brady set a record with fifty touchdowns. Randy set a record with twenty three touchdowns. There was also, you know, uh, no one really remembers, but the Spygate thing, I don't know. It was something. It's a big deal. Yeah, you, you know. It's pretty, pretty big. Yeah, I mean, who wasn't recording each other? I mean, that's what, what? Clearly they weren't recording the Giants. They clearly did not record the Giants on this one, but I don't know. It was something like that. Gave them a little motivation, not enough. Clearly, the offensive additions this year, they had Dante Stallworth coming in, had big plays Where that year. Where was he year. before, Philly? Philly. Yeah. He was in Philly. Wes Welker from a division opponent, the Miami Dolphins stud. Mm. 
and Randy Moss. Crazy. One of the best receiving uh, three ever. It, I mean. it, it was a very good receiver core. And you had a Jabbar Gaffney that a lot of people forget was yeah. an unbelievable, unbelievable route runner and a great four receiver. They traded a fourth round draft pick. How, to did, how did that happen? Because remember that was when uh, I, th- I don't think Randy was like as motivated there. Remember, yeah, he, but still, he's still Randy Moss. I mean, the Raiders. You know, at that time, it was a little tough to play there. I think. Yeah. Welker led the league. Unlike when Gruden was there, he never made a mistake ever. No. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Welker led the league in receptions, along with TJ, who's your mama, who's Minzada, mm. who always has something great to say about me. Come on, TJ. We used to work out together. Why do you always have just throw shade all the time? We get it, bro. You had a lot of catches. Randy Moss, like we said, caught 23 in the regular season. Tuggies set a record. The game. The Giants came into this game a 12-point underdog. It makes sense at the time going in. It did make sense, but then Giants became the first NFC wild card to ever win a Super Bowl. That's People don't realize how hard that is. Yeah. You got to go in three games just to get to the bowl. All on the road. All on the road. Yeah. They were 10-0 with their last road games. They were on fire. You know, we talk about it, but sometimes when the team comes together just at the right time, their confidence is off the charts. And I'm sure being 12-point underdogs, like they're looking at that like, oh, we're not. We almost beat you in week 17. That definitely fueled their fire for sure. I mean, it's not always the best football team that wins. It's the team that plays the best that wins, Sam. You'll learn that as this podcast goes on, as we go over these important games. It's good to know. It's good to know. The team that outplays the other team usually has a better shot. Always has a better shot. Yeah. That's what do we remember from this game? The helmet catch is the iconic. The David Tyree getting with Rodney Harrison, your boy, all over him. Yeah. That was epic. That was crazy. Because that was two separate insane plays in one. That was Eli breaking free. He was down, he, wasn't I thought, he? I thought he was down. No. The, no? He, was, he was dancing. He was twirling. He was a ballerina out there. Holding? Was there a holding call? No one holds? <laughs> Just let him play? Let him I mean, play. Asante Samuel dropped that pick. That would have ended the game. That, a lot of there, close calls. There was yeah. a lot of couple. There was another pick, almost a drop pick. Who was the other one? That was uh, Randall Gay. Ooh, Randall Gay had a drop, like a, an attempt to almost pick it. There, they, the Pats had their shot. That's not what you want to say at the end of a game. If you're a player and you say, "Man, if I would have made that play," Brutal. that's something that like will always haunt you. Yeah, I mean, insane finish. I, the 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 final Brady drive. I was kind of like, of course, of course, Brady does the drive. It was such a defensive game. I didn't think Eli was going to be able to charge downfield the way he did, and. I mean, look, they played great D. Hey, as much they as just it, didn't make the big plays. People want to talk about Eli. Oh, this, oh, that. I tell you right now, that man has played some of his best football in the biggest games he's ever played. I'm a huge Eli fan. I can't wait to interview him because he's so ecstatic when it comes to his personality. We're going to get into that. Things we may have forgotten in this game. It started with the longest drive in Super Bowl history, 18 plays, 63 yards, 9 minutes and 59 seconds, ended in a field goal. Uh, this was Strahan's final game with the Giants, which, I mean, that was a, an epic career. All I remember is Coach Belichick wore a red hoodie. Never Ooh, seen him wear a red hoodie. Not a good idea. He got cocky. He, I don't know what he, Jack, nah, I don't know if he got, what do you got, Jackie? I was 16 plays on the first drive. 
And then a little rundown on Bill in red hoodies. He is three for three all time when rocking the red hoodie. Oh, for one, most notably in the Super Bowl. 38 uh, games in a gray sleeveless cutoff with a record of 29 and nine. I'm going to have to get back to that red. I don't know if we'll ever get back to it, though. This one, this one, this, this one, one hurts. hurts. This one hurts. Before we get to the gaming corner presented by WinBet, we have a very special interview with the man, the myth, the legend, Patriots royalty, Teddy Bruschi. Man, Teddy Bruschi was so good. A heartbeat of the New England Patriots during those early dynasty years. Part of the old regime that turned into the Bill Belichick regime. I mean, he's just seen a lot. He's been through a lot. He's seen now in the TV world, his team go on and do great things. Like, he's Mr. Patriot. All right, let's hear from Teddy. And Sam, we're here, and we're joined with the man, the myth, (laughs) the legend, Teddy Bruschi, older brother of mine, three-time Super Bowl champ, led the NCAA at defensive line, the I tell end, you, at the, univer- at the <laughs> University of Arizona, yeah. in sacks. Arizona legend. Arizona legend. Yeah. Proves his versatility by changing from the defensive line <laughs> to being coming one of the smartest middle linebackers. We've all seen the legendary plays in the snow, the snow game where he does the snow angel with the pick six. We've all <laughs> seen it all. We see him on ESPN. Looking handsome as ever. We, got, we I mean, very handsome, man. What's up, guys? What's up? Thanks for having Teddy. Me. Two, two California kids who are three-time Patriot champions just on separate ends right here. That's right. We sort of uh, got them all represented here. And, uh, Jules, it's always great talking to you, buddy. I mean, we've uh, developed a great, great relationship over the years, man. I'm, I'm glad to be talking to you. I appreciate you coming on, Teddy. And uh, we have to get it off right away the kind of legend that Teddy is. So I'm a rookie and the first, first time I get in the building, what they do in in the, in the Patriots building is they test you. So they have all the stars and all these big play moments in the team room. And they always have to, they Bill will get up there and ask you, who's this, who's that, who's this? Oh, that's Logan Mankins. Oh, that's Russ. Oh, you know, that's, oh, that's Teddy Bruschi. And so we get there. So you're already, you're automatically, they build this huge picture for, there's like, there's like five Patriots that were on the team that were like part of this huge dynasty that was like the best franchise going into the, before they won the six, seven or whatever, four five, six. And Teddy was there and, and he was just this guy that it was like surreal to have in there. So I, the first time I interact with Teddy, I see him on, in the training room. I think he was reading a book. And he was getting like, he had like two trainers working on him. And we go out for a special teams period and, and and we line up against each other. And I had to do this stab thing on him. And we go down, they blow the whistle and I stab him and I touch him. And Teddy, with the intensity I told you about, looks at me and he says, hey, rookie, don't you ever fucking touch me again. <laughs> yeah. And then so I had to go with him the next time. So the very next time I had to stab the air, I was stabbing the air because I had to show the coaches I knew the technique. I had to show them that I was taking in the the, the classroom work. Yeah. So I'm sitting there with Teddy trying to stab the air. But 
it was fucking nuts. And that's the intensity. Because when we entered this podcast right away, you could see Teddy give oh, the eye. Oh, and he sneered at me pre-taping. <laughs> seeing I'm wearing an Eli Manning jersey. I'm like, right, this is the 18 and one. I got I got to show out. Yeah, I knew I knew we were going to discuss that season, and uh, I guess I'm already just a little a little irritated knowing it's coming. But you know, it's uh over the years I've come to accept that season. But Jules, that uh, that story you're talking about, like we we've had this conversation how that it, it was full circle for me because when I was a rookie in almost the same situation, it wasn't special teams, but it was offense and defense. We used to have a tight end by the name of Ben Coates, and he was a great tight end. And I was a rookie trying to do the same thing on him, trying to put my hands on him because that's what you're coached to do and all that. And the line from Ben to me was, as we're walking back uh, in between reps, after that rep, he said, hey, rookie, you ever touch me again like that, I'll break your fucking arm. And <laughs> and I looked at him like, I said, I guess this is what it is now. So I knew never to touch Ben Coates like that again. So I gave you a little bit of ben, the Ben Coates treatment there. And you said, someday that'll be me talking to a younger <laughs> yeah. person. And about, what was that, about 12 years later, 12, 12 13 years later, yeah. The, the, the crazy thing is, though, like he wasn't being an asshole or anything. He was just the vet. You know, he was he was getting his work in. He was doing his his yeah, techniques. And, he, yep. and that's just it how it is. Yep. It, it's changed now, Teddy. Nowadays, it's, it's, it's changed. You can't even call a, a rookie a rookie anymore. You got to call them the R word because, you know, the, the, they're all, you know, entitled. And, and, and what do you think about this new generation? Do you think you could be a veteran player in this year, this day and age with how these guys are going? You know, I, I sense the transition. I think 08, 09 was my last training camp of, of how it was getting to be. And I still think it's doable. I don't think you can be the old school, get off my lawn type of old man type of this is the way it is. You respect me. It's it's much different now to where it's almost you have to earn their respect first. And then you can give them the hard love after that. But if you show them right off the bat that you're going to be an asshole and and this is the way it's going to be rookie and all this and all that, they may get they they may go into their shell a little bit. So it's a little bit different dealing with today's athlete. I like to think I could adapt and still find a way to to Leader. you know if you got to establish trust first, that's fine. That's just the way it is. But once it gets to the point where Games are now coming. It's not OTAs. It's not minicamp. It's no preseason anymore, man. It's serious. Hopefully you've developed that relationship now where you can you can have sort of those serious conversations. But definitely it, it's sort of backwards now than it was before to where you earn in respect rather than respect should be given. So that's the main transition that vet, veteran players have to deal with. And that that's a that's a, a leader type answer right there. And and it's crazy because when I got in the locker room, he was probably thinking of us the same way we think and vice versa. That's just the older guy who becomes wise. If you play in the league a while, you kind of you see things. But we do have to talk about this 2007 season, 18-1. <laughs> now, let's let's put a little context into this. This was the year after they go to the 2006 AFC Championship. They're up, what, 21-3 at halftime? Yeah, 20, yeah. 21 3 against the Colts, Peyton Manning and the Colts. They owned the Colts throughout Peyton Manning's career. They could never, Peyton could never beat the Patriots. They go into the dome. It's a little different circumstance. They come back. They had a great year. They lose that game. Then they go on. They sign Wes Welker. They sign Randy Moss. Now, 
after that year, and, and I know how a losing season is in New England, how shitty of an offseason is because you have it in the back of your throat all year and you have to see all the clips and all the bullshit. What's the mindset going in after you have some of these key additions, the shitty loss after, you know, the year before? Like, did you, you guys definitely felt something was special was coming, but what was the mindset? Because you were one of the big leaders. You, you know, McGinnis, or everyone, you know, all the, all the big guys. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was, you know... Not until that week one opening win versus the Jets that, you know, you sort of had an eye opening of, holy smoke, I mean, Randy Moss, you know, because Moss had a little bit of a tweak of his hamstring when he got there in 07. So you didn't get to see a lot in training camp. So as the week one opener started to come, he started to come back a little bit and give you a little taste, but it just, he just exploded in the week one matchup. Uh, everyone remembers the old, the, the deep over where Tom just threw it all the way to the left side where he outran the safety in the corner to the, to the pylon on the left side, the offensive left side. And and that's when we on the defensive side of the ball are looking around on the bench like we got something here. So after that, seeing him in combination with Welker after that game, that's when we really we really knew that our offense could be explosive, which is very different than what it used to be in, in similar championship years of 01, 03, and 04. You know, Brady was coming into his own special teams and defense were the theme. And, and then, of course, Brady, this is when – you got the full, I guess, quote unquote, Tom Brady coming in the 07 season where, I mean, you saw tastes of it in 04, but in 07, it was like, this guy can't be stopped. I mean, you started, you saw the transition from Tom really becoming that type of Tom Brady. I mean, what, yeah. what did that look like? The first time I really noticed that there was a different Tom was probably in the Super Bowl versus the uh, Carolina Panthers. Now, 01. Oh, one, Tom was, you know, just don't turn the ball over, your, over, give it to Kevin Falk, give it a little check down and, you know, just once in a while, break your tendencies, throw it deep and all that stuff. Let the defense running game and special teams do what they do. I think Tom was only responsible for I mean, two touchdowns in the entire playoffs. Uh, he ran for one in the snow versus the Raiders and he threw for one. Uh, in the Super Bowl versus Patton. All the others were Drew Bledsoe touchdown, special teams and defense. So to see from that all the way to that Carolina half, that second half where he's making throws left and right because we couldn't stop Carolina in the second half because we were gassed. Um, DeLome had us figured out and Tom Brady just ended up picking us up. So that's when you start to see like, all right, he's ready to just take over the team and become MVP type of player, that type of player all the way to 07 when he's throwing, I think, 50 touchdown passes and it's just absurd. So to see that growth was incredible and uh, then see it continue as an analyst was just, I mean, it's it, it just hasn't stopped. There's got to be some stories of like young Tom, like – we all know the football, the transition, the this, the that. What is the what's the funny shit about Tommy that we we don't know? Like, you know, over what they, they used to have the bar, the rack over in Boston. I heard, I remember hearing a little. I mean, what 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 are the things that no one knows about old TB? How goofy he is. That like, I want to hear a young Tommy story. I know you yeah. got one. Yeah, the no. I think people just see him. I don't know, you use the term celebrity quarterback now and it's it's what he's we turned into and that's that's great and everything. But I mean, he used to be, he used to really play the little brother role, the little irritating little brother role 
uh, in terms of scout team quarterback to always talking about what he can do and always talking trash during during two-minute situations. And we just laughed at him because also his voice would get so high. And it sounds like a eight-year-old boy just complaining. And also, you're still trying to get the team fired up at the same time. It was really comical. And that's how is, we is saw Is that the best quarterback ever or Jared Kushner? <laughs> well, <that's, laughs> no, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, the 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 guys let's go the whole voice and all of this is like oh look at Tommy trying to fire up the team it's so cool you know that that sort of little brother that's cute that's yeah, cute Tommy cute. I still have that sort of picture in my mind of him but I definitely witnessed the transition but I still see him I mean as you know that 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 kid that still came up when nobody thought he could it's crazy because I saw a completely different version of that you know I I got in and he was yeah. thirty four by that time. And, and I saw the, you know, the developing of the celebrity quarterback. And then I became that little annoying brother that used to piss him off. Yeah. So that that's where that transitioned in. You know what I mean? Now, going into this this game, you guys, I remember hearing all we heard about was humble pie when that streak started going. Yeah. You know, you, you guys started winning ball games. And it wasn't like you guys were beating teams like, you know, 14, 16 or, or whatever. Yeah. You guys were blowing the, the socks off people. Offense explosive, defense playing like one and turning the ball over in opportunistic moments. Like just an overall fucking great football team. Going into the Super Bowl, you guys, what was it? 12 and a half points, 20, 12 and a half point favor. Yeah. yeah. Like, are you going into this thing? I And I know the mindset that Bill, he's probably cutting you down the whole week. You guys are not this. You guys aren't that. But like deep down on the team, and I know the leadership of the, of the team, but there's got to be some... Something that clicked in that like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna blow these fools out. Yeah, they they got close to us in week seventeen. Yeah, yeah, they they they're on their cute little run. They got their their run game and a really good defense. We're we're the fucking 07 Pats. We're the best team in the history of the game. Like that ever seep into your mind? It was hard not to. I think around week um, starting week fourteen when we're we're on the verge of being sixteen and zero in the regular season. That's when you really start to think that. We we just can't be beat, fellas. We just got to finish. And the real pressure was getting to the Super Bowl because, fellas, I mean, if if we finish the season 16-0 and 0 and you lose in the divisional round or you lose in the championship game, you're a laughing stock. So you at least got to get to the Super Bowl, definitely. So you get there and it's like, guys, all we got to do is finish. All right, we know this team. We've played them before. We just got to finish the job and do it again. And that was the whole theme of the entire year why Belichick coached us so hard and why we felt like sometimes we didn't even win a game the entire year is because he sensed what we could become. Um, he knew that, I mean, it was going to be hard for a lot of teams to beat us if we played well and we did. And yes, going into that, it was a tough, hard fought game versus the Giants in week 17 to get the 16-0 mark, but we felt confident going in. You know, it was something that is, we just got to go finish the job. And that's the confidence that we had. I mean, I mean, I think about it now and what happened, of course, and losing the game. But, you know, it's just, man, I've just been on both sides of the spectrum to where you're winning Super Bowls when nobody expects you to. And then you're, you're winning Super Bowls when everybody expects you to. And now you're playing the role of everyone thinks you're the best that's ever been. So how do you play that role? The target. 
Yeah, couldn't get it done. The the target on the back. That's what people don't realize. We, I mean, we see that with the Kansas City Chiefs nowadays and all these teams that they go out and they win a Super Bowl and they have these unbelievable teams. But it it it's it's almost it's not easier to win your first. It's almost it's just hard to stay at the top because you you become America's most wanted. You everyone is circling when they play you. you guy coaches are getting paid if they beat you. Players are getting paid if they beat you. And that's how a lot of guys think. People yeah. don't realize how hard it is when you have that target. Now, the game doesn't go the way you want. And as a professional athlete, when when they don't cuz I've lost Super Bowls too. There's you always think as an individual, man, there's four or five plays I wish I could have fucking had back. Yeah. If I would have done, what, do you remember any specific of those kind of type plays that like, I wish I had this fucking playback. I, I, if I would have done that, I, we could, you know, it, you never know. Fourth quarter, the giants are driving in that last series and there's a fourth and one. Uh, Junior Seau and I were rotating at the time. He had dime responsibilities. I had, we both were on there. I had nickel and regular responsibilities. Junior was in regular too, but it was a fourth and one situation. And I believe it was Hedgecock at fullback and Jacobs was the tailback. And it was a fourth and one situation. And it was a lead right at me. And I took on the fullback. And Jacobs was still able to squeak by and like reach over for the first down. I think about that play all the time. I mean, if I would have gotten that stop, could I have sent Seymour from the right side? Maybe a rip call, maybe a Louie call to move the entire line. Could I have jumped over Hedgecock, which I've done before, just jump over and sell out rather than taking him on. So yeah, as you can tell, oh yeah. There's a lot of plays individually and a lot of plays team-wise that you think of during that during that one game, Super Bowl losses, big losses, but especially this one. Um, that fourth and one, I mean, of course, there's the Harrison play, there's the Asante Samuel drop, there's the Ellis Hobbs all-out blitz in the in the for the for the touchdown to Burris. It's still fresh in my mind. Beautiful. It's all beautiful. But uh, uh, Teddy, be be honest with us. How seriously did you take Eli going into this game? Shoot, I I always respected Eli. I mean, I I never saw. I mean, you saw him as goofy, of course, and you knew at at times he could throw it into a team meeting, absolutely. (laughs) And all we had to do at times was just catch it, but we didn't catch it. I mean, did he still, in that play to Tyree, was he running around like a chicken with his head cut off? Absolutely. Did Vrabel have him? Did Jarvis have him? Did Seymour have him? I mean, they're all running at him, and the man just throws it up. And But that's the Super Bowl, man. You get catches like an Edelman catch, or like you bobble it twice, and he catches it six inches off the ground, those type of things. We've been on one side of him, and we've been on the other side of him. And Eli just had a little magic against the Patriots in the Super Bowls. Yeah, Teddy, I, you weren't around, but like you said, either the the blitz zero on you know in the short red to Plaxico. Yeah. <laughs> short story, I had to hear Randy bitch about that on Friday walkthroughs to Dean Pease for two years. Oh yeah. You know, you know how Randy is. Hey Dean, you gonna throw out that bullshit blitz zero <laughs> again? Lost me my motherfucking ring. <laughs> you remember? 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And you know the veterans you have that you sign. It's a great move, I mean, for teams that have won it before to sign players that haven't before. You know what I mean? Um, so you want to win it for Junior. You want to win it for Randy, yep. you know, for Moss. And it's just like, oh, shit, what did we do? That is, that was, yeah, uh, that blitz zero. You got drafted by Parcells. You played for Carroll. And then you also played for for Bill. Yeah. When was the first time you met Bill, and and what was your first impression uh, of this guy? That I he was on the coaching staff, I believe, a little bit, right? He was in he uh, was. part with Parcells. Yeah. He was a DB's like, coach. He was a DB's coach, and um, never heard him. Never heard him at all. Uh, he was just coming off the Cleveland, I mean, I wouldn't call it, it's borderline embarrassment. I mean, how that all ended over there with the relocation and how he got ousted and that. So, I mean, he was sort of just licking his wounds and coaching defensive backs. And um, I never really had a lot of um, interactions with him um, during that year in 96. But the one thing I remember is we were in a meeting once, the defensive unit, and all of a sudden, Bill spoke up in the defensive unit meeting, which he rarely did. And he spoke up about offensive linemen and how they get out on screens and how the DBs should really play it. And he is dropping F-bombs left and right and these fat asses and all this and all that. I'm like, who is that? I mean, really, who is that? Damn, he's sort of funny, you know? And it was like, oh, that's Belichick, man. I was like, oh, yeah, that's the Cleveland guy. Yeah, you know, so that's that was my introduction to Bill. I mean, it was like, oh, man, yeah, didn't work out too well in Cleveland. Good to have him, all this stuff. I didn't know about all the New York Giant defensive coordinator days. Our defensive coordinator was Al Grow, you know, and Bill was just sort of, you know, that year after you lose a job and you just accept any point, any any positional meeting on a, a coaching job on a staff and you just, boom, hide behind the scenes. And then that was him. Now, the ironic thing was this. After we lost that Super Bowl in 96, Belichick went around the plane because Parcells, him and Kraft were having problems and Parcells was ousted. And Belichick went around the plane talking to guys like younger guys. Like he came up to me and talked to me about the season and how, you know, we got a bright future and all that stuff. And he went to various other players like Laurie Malloy and, and other guys. And I was like, maybe that's our next head coach. So that was, that was sort of weird on the plane ride back, but uh, that was 1996 Bill Belichick. So you saw the trans, you saw him go from like a crotchety guy who's a <laughs> grump to, you know, to coddling you guys and then going back to a crotchety grump all in a few years. I mean, that's, that's the Belichick way. I mean, you are like the Patriot way guy that you think of, you know, <laughs> like when you think of like, who's a, like who set that culture? It's I mean, a guy like he's a Teddy. founding cornerstone. It's, it's guys like him, Kevin Falk, Troy Brown, yeah. William McGinnis. Yeah, I mean, lawyer Malloy. Yeah, I didn't get to experience him as much, but there's there's always that group of patriot that like they kind of they regulate the locker room. You learn as a young player, you either get like them or you're not going to be there. Yeah, it was, it was great. It was great being being there when Bill was also learning to be Bill. You know, and seeing him from where I mean, I was lucky to have Parcells lay my football foundation. I mean, Pete Carroll wasn't bad. Pete, I learned to play linebacker under Pete Carroll, you know, but I mean, we just weren't used to the whole college type of atmosphere because we had ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a little bit different. And Pete learned as a head coach toward his tenure there, but then Belichick comes back in and then we go, I think it was five and 11 the first year. 
And we're, we're, he is learning to be a better head coach at the same time as, you know, myself and Vinatieri and a lot of guys were there. Bledsoe's there. Vrabel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, Vrabel Can't wasn't there. Vrabes. Yeah, Vrabes came in 2001, the next year. 2001. Absolutely. So it was it was good to be there to to learn to to sculpt what ended up being what it is. Uh, I got to ask you, Teddy, I mean, coming back from a stroke in 2005, winning comeback player of the year, there was a vibe that Boston athletes were just like the toughest dudes. Cause it's like, you've got you coming back from a stroke. Paul Pierce gets stabbed a bunch of time and misses like two games or something. (laughs) There was something, I mean, what was that like for you? I mean, was there a moment after having the stroke where you're like, am I, is this my career? Is this it? A lot of a lot of moments, man. I mean, something like that. I mean, you hope to have somebody to call. You know what I mean? It's like I was out. So my doctor, I was like, hey, doc, give me the number of the guy that's done this before so I can talk to him and ask him all the questions, like all the questions I got. Like, well, my, is my brain going to explode? Is the is my heart going to be OK? Because they put a, a device in my heart. And he was like, so there's silence on the other line. And I'm like, doc, doc, what's up? He said, Teddy, you'd be the first. And I'm like, shit, let me hang up and call you back and let me rethink this. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that, that was the hard part about it, not having, um, you know, someone to, to lean on and ask them about it. But, you know, you get to a point where it's like every career has a comeback. I mean, Jules had his too. And it's about five years, 10 years down the road. I just knew I would have regretted it if I didn't give it a shot. So, you know, that was my comeback. I mean, it happened to be medical, not physical type of, you know, knee, shoulder, or anything like that. But, you know, there's a lot of mental and emotional uh, healing that had to go on, too, especially. That just shows the kind of guy Teddy is, man. Like, <laughs> he just always proved people wrong. It's fucking, it, it was just, a, it was a pleasure to, like, be in the same building with him. That's the aura he gave off because of the big play moments, because of the hard work, because of... Oh, the overcoming of adversity and and it was like it was insane it was literally an insane experience and i only experienced them for camp yeah like, let me let me tell you just just my perspective of it was i don't know what's harder okay what is harder is it to to establish okay establish a championship culture or maintain it and that's what when when jules came in i mean that group that maintained the Gronkowskis, the Edelmans, the McCordys, uh, Hightowers, Mayo was Slater. there a little bit. Yeah, Slater, absolutely. To maintain that, I don't know. I, it's just a great argument to see what's what's harder, you know. And but I really thought it was just as hard. And to see it as an analyst from the analyst perspective, I thought was super cool that. I mean, it was so easy to talk about my former former team just beating up on everybody and still winning championships, and that was that was a fun part of my job. And, and that's the thing they they set the standard. Like there, I I can't even count the amount of times you'd be in a fucking team meeting, and Bill, you know how Bill is. He's breaking down film. Look, you fuck you guys aren't fucking Teddy Bruski. You're no fucking <laughs> Willie McGinnis. Like. I've coached a thousand fucking players. Like we had to hear that until yeah. we finally got there until we finally got one. And then once you got one, then you're like, well, fuck, they got three. So like, let's try to right. keep it going. Let's yeah, fucking, I let's, know. you know what I mean? It was an inspirational type thing that motivated our team to ultimately set that standard and keep that standard. Well, we, we were in college around the same time, Jules and I. So Teddy Bruski is how you described a beer. You get the shout out in the movie, Ted, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're kind of you're, you're 
You're immortal in Boston, uh, drinking and sports. How does that feel? I was, I remember when I saw that clip for the first time, I mean, they're in the movie and it was like, Oh damn, did he just say that? That was the coolest thing I had ever seen, you know, Wahlberg. So of course, Wahlberg being a big old Patriots guy, but having uh, the little bear say that Ted, I, it was, it would have, it was, it was super cool, man. I loved it. I loved it. After that, everything kind of changed. Oh, eight. Brady gets hurt. Oh nine. Like, yeah. Yeah. The emotion after that, like that's, that's gotta be the low of, of, I mean, you experience the ultimate highs, but after yeah. that game, like the emotions that that deflate, that, that was, that was just deflating. How, how did you deal with it? How did you, how did you try to move on? Did you move on? Did, was okay. that it? Well, first of all, it, it was good to have a few Super Bowls still in your back pocket to realize that you've still won a few. That helped. That helped a lot. But it was, man, I mean, you've lost them, Jules. I mean, but to lose the one, I mean, you had won Super Bowls, you you win Super Bowls, but this was the Super Bowl we were trying to get. Um, I mean, biggest upset in Super Bowl history. I mean, you got a team that's trying to go undefeated. I mean, you're hearing everything about the Dolphins and all of that stuff during the whole course of the year. Man, I, it took me a while. It took me a while to get over it, bro. I mean, it's, I still, I still have thoughts about it. And I, I, I give myself questions in my mind. It's like, would I trade all three of those Super Bowls for the one 19 and 0? And I think about that. Would you? Sometimes... I answer yes, but most of the wow. times I answer most of the times I answer no. <laughs> Tell you, let me give you a little Jewish tactic. Why don't you start with two and maybe they they would they would take it. You get two, so then you give them two Super Bowls for a, for a nineteen and zero, and then you got one and another. Which one? A little negotiation with the yeah, gods. Which, which one would I give? Football gods. You know, then and then again, so I mean. You but gotta, which one do you give up? Do you give up the first Brady? Maybe Brady's not Brady if he doesn't get that first one. But then, then, but the first one is the one we broke through. I mean, and then the exactly. other two were back to back, which I hold on to. Our group going back to back. I know. Your group Jules never did it. Never so did it. We went up to Never them. did it. And I, I, that's in the back of my head too, Teddy. Yeah. That's in my fucking head too. Don't think yeah. I don't, I don't think about that. Like, geez, we never, never went back to back. Yeah. It, I think it, if anything, that 18 and one team, it just, it gives me an incredible perspective. I mean, geez, I mean, to have all the success that we had and then to have the biggest defeat that anyone can possibly think of. So I got a lot of experiences in this head through winning and losing championships. And, and I know what it's like to win the biggest of games and lose the biggest of games. And that's a unique perspective that a lot of people don't have, but uh, that's just a small consolation prize, man. I had to ask you one thing uh, before you go, because you mentioned him briefly, but I mean, could you throw some shine on uh, on Junior Seau, who is an NFL legend? Buddy, buddy. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember when Pete Carroll and Bo Pelini were here. He was my linebacker coach, and it was like I'd, I'd be watching Junior Seau uh, in terms of how he played, and I loved the way he played, and I wanted to, I, I used it as an example for myself in terms of effort and just instincts, and to become a teammate of him, and to just have the impact on a team the minute he walks in the locker room, you know, just this guy had so much energy. One of my favorite teammates of all time, uh, and one of the, probably the best linebacker of all time. I mean, just 
so blessed to be able to play with him. No, buddy, buddy, buddy. You know, that's a whole junior thing playing his, his, his ukulele, his ukulele in the locker room. There'll be another, ne- never another, never another. Absolutely not. I loved that guy too. I, I played with him a little bit that mm-hmm. 09 year. Uh, Teddy, you Jules. know, thank you. Thank you so much for, for coming on. You know, I'm sorry we had to talk about this bullshit game. He he requested no. it. He was sorry Sam. we had to relive a New York classic. No, it's, it's important, man. I'm it's sorry important. we had to meet under these circumstances, Teddy. Yeah. But uh, you can you can talk about the New England Patriots in so many angles, man. From controversies to victories to losses. I mean, it's they, there are multiple books about it. It's because the team was so impactful over so many years and. uh that guy sitting next to you right there, Jules, is is a big reason why, too. So love you, buddy. Good to talk to you. I love you, man, and I appreciate it. And like I said, thank you for everything that you've helped me with. He's always came and, and talked to me, you know, giving me words of advice and terrible times, great times, how to handle this, how to not to handle this. Uh, I've seen his kids grow up. It's 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 been yeah, but it's been unreal, man. So and, yeah. and he's a fucking stud on TV. Thank you for coming <laughs> on. You got any yeah, plugs buddy. for anything? What's that? You got any plugs for anything? You good? Bro, I'm not here to plug. I'm here to talk See? to my boy. That's my guy. That's my <laughs> fucking guy. I love you, bro. Thank you love so you much. Bye, Jules. Wow. I mean, that was so cool that Teddy comes on to talk about an L. I think it's, you know, a lot of it is that the guy won so much, he's secure talking about a game that they didn't finish in. Yeah, but you could definitely see it still gets him. Like, As it should. Eli yeah. Manning. Yeah. Heroically. Pushes the Giants past an undefeated Patriots team. How could that not hurt? I literally thought he was going to punch you in your face through the TV once you said you were a Giants fan. Yeah, no, that was that was uh, an you kind of puckered up. Oh, I, my butthole was a raisin, my friend. It's... Minute made. It was it was a tight little bunghole when he stared at me. <laughs> that guy, that glare. I would hate. Can you imagine running a ball against that dude? No, and I, I have, I've heard old stories. My brother's, a, you know, he works a little construction out in Roseville, and that's where he's from, in that area. And there's just crazy stories about how he was just an animal. He's like, yeah, like, he was. my brother was telling me a story that, like, four of his friends that were all together, like, got beat up by Teddy Bruschi at once. Like, he was that... <laughs> Monstery. Who is he, Nicolas Cage and Con Air? Yeah. This is crazy. He was the Terminator. He was a Teddy, the Teddyator. Damn. The Teddyator? He was that tough. Yeah, he was He was insanely tough. All right. Teddy was amazing. Before we talk to Eli, let's head to the gaming corner presented by WinBet. What is this segment? Let's let's explain to our listeners. So every week we're going to make a bet to make this a little more fun, have a little fun with our guest. What's our prop going to be? Our prop bet. What is the prop bet? So every week we do a prop bet, makes the interview a little more fun. We either us or the guest, we have to get them to say something. For you, I'm thinking this time over under times you can bring up Phil Sims while talking to Eli. What, what's a good number for that? Three, three and a half. You, I mean, can, you I, can hit four? I could probably hit four. I'm a Phil Sims guy. I think he's the best quarterback in the history of the New York football giants. Super Bowl MVP. I know he didn't play in the second one that they the team won. But, uh, you know, he's a Kentucky boy. He's uh, he's one of those guys that you want to have in your corner, competitive. All these stories I've heard firsthand from him. 
because he always talks about him, about how fierce and fire he was when he explains it to me daily on Inside the NFL, which is streaming on Paramount Plus. I have to represent Mr. Sims. How about I give you one too? Sure. What, what do we got? This is like your little wet dream. Sure. This interview. You got, I, you got I've, your I've boy, had two Eli. since we started recording. Yeah, I know. We get it. We, New York. We, this is, you know, the best thing. We beat Boston. Da, da, da. How many times can Sam fanboy out <laughs> with Eli? How many? I mean. I, I want to say this is going to be a high one. Five, five and a half. Let's, let's put this at five and a half. I can easily hit six. Are you kidding me? We're going to see. What's We're a fanboy? Fanboy, like who's gonna measure my erection, guys? I got you with the ruler over here. Thank you. Perfect. <laughs> Jack, you're always on top of things. You know, you can't get anything by Jack. He's got that <laughs> ruler always waiting. <laughs> he's like, he's like, this one's a half, see, we can't count it. But uh a fanboy, like well, you're gonna give him a compliment. What, sure. what is that? How we break this yeah, down? Just anytime I kind of build him up. Build is, him up. Yeah. Build a build up. And that that's gonna be at uh five and a half. Yeah, I'm hitting that. Five and a half. All yeah. right, guys. We're going to hear from the Eli Manning. My favorite Manning, by the way. My favorite Manning. I like, <laughs> love too. Peyton. Love Peyton. Me too. But I'm an Eli guy when it comes to the Mannings. Actually, I'm more, I like Archie too. He's kind of yeah. like the godfather. He's How like Cooper. The, uh, you know, Coop and his little segments that he does on like, what is it, ESPN or something? I don't know. I, I'm still trying to warm up to Coop. I'm more of an Eli and Peyton guy. Eli, Eli is obviously my guy. I like Eli, too. Classic. But before that, let's take a quick break. All right, now we heard from Teddy Bruschi about this 18-1 game. Let's go over. Let's um, talk to the Super Bowl MVP of that game, what, the great Eli Manning. Eli, He's my favorite Manning, okay? I'll give you that. <laughs> Welcome, Eli Manning. I just want to say I apologize a pre, pre-hand beforehand because my, my co-host, Sammy, over here is like diehard New Yorker. Loves the Giants, loves the Rangers. My only Giants jersey, Eli. It's, yeah. My why sister you, got it for me you, when you got drafted. Why would you apologize for that? That's that's what I want. Uh, well, I don't want them to fanboy out on you. I'm Never. Like, hey. This is how I dress every day. This isn't special because you're here. This is, I believe this is exactly. Well, Eli Manning, a 16-year pro, two insane Super Bowls of, against both of you know, New England Patriots. We all know that. Two-time Super Bowl MVP. Four-time Pro Bowler. Eli got it done in the regular season, too. Brother of Peyton and Cooper, son of Archie. And honestly, the better half of the Manning cast. Eli Manning, (laughs) thank you for joining us, bro. I appreciate that. Oh, appreciate it, fellas. Happy to be on. This will be fun. So we we have you here to talk about the 18-1 disaster game. For the New England Patriots, but depends your perspective. I, I have fond memories. Uh, I I have to tell you, Eli, that that was as a New York sports fan, maybe the greatest game in in my life to watch as a fan. I mean, that was going into that game. That's such an intense. You saw them in Week Seventeen, I believe it was. Yeah, and it was a yeah. three point loss. How did you feel going into that game? Everyone calling you twelve point underdogs. Yeah, you know, I think the the fact that we did play them the last season of the regular, uh, uh, you know, last game of the regular season uh, helped us out. I mean, the fact that, um, you know, it was, it was also kind of a unique situation where we had already clinched a spot in the playoffs. They had obviously already clinched a spot in the playoffs that last regular season game, and we could have sat out. We knew they were going to play because 
you know, they're going for the undefeated season. But Coach Coughlin kind of said, hey, you know, in that first meeting, you kind of come back on 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 Monday, say, hey, we're, we're you know, just say so you no, know, we're playing. Everybody's playing. We're playing to win this game. And, you know, so you kind of set the tone right there. And for us to go out there and go against the best team in the NFL, um, you know, maybe the best team ever and kind of hang with them for four quarters. Offensively, we got back. And we're playing pretty well, put up a lot of points. So, you know, we kind of rode that momentum through the playoffs and and kind of said, hey, if we see these guys again, you know, we can hang with them. And maybe we just make that play in the fourth quarter that, that gives us a chance to beat them. I, I agree completely. Anytime you play a team that you're not really familiar with in the regular season, you end up seeing them in the playoffs again or something, you have that, you have that, taste you already have that in your head of that technique they do you see how players play you you get a familiarity with the team so I always used to love that now Eli did you really think you're gonna win this game did you guys go on this were you guys that confident or were you like fuck you know we're gonna get our asses kicked these guys are fucking 17 and 0 did you do you watch the 0. people saying that on tv like are they saying I mean, did you just block yeah. out everything how did you deal with this that's a that's crazy pressure yeah, you know, I mean, I think you go into every game thinking you can win the game. You know, we knew it was going to be tough, and and we're kind of thinking, hey, we're going to have to score a lot of points uh, just because of how explosive they were offensively because of the, the, the game we played earlier in the season where we kind of had a lead, and then they just they just got hot, and, and all of a sudden they just become unstoppable, and they're scoring points. And so, you know, we, we knew we, we hung with them before, and so we just said, you know, we, we, I, you know, I do an interception early in the fourth quarter of that regular season game that kind of put us behind. They scored, took the lead. We couldn't get it back. And so, you know, we kind of said, Hey, we're a play away maybe from, from winning this, winning that first game. So you, I think you always go into a game, you know, liking the game plan, feeling good about things, but under, uh, but we understood, Hey, it wasn't going to be easy. And, you know, it's one of those deals we might play them. We played them a hundred times. You know, maybe maybe we win ninety seven of them, or we lose ninety seven times. But hey, you know, there's you know there's a chance. We, you know, this could be that game where we catch the breaks and we play we play our great game and and we can beat them. Now, how much did you pay Asante Samuel for dropping that interception on the last drive? <laughs> you know, it was a throwaway. He he wasn't gonna get his feet in bounds anyway. It was uh, you know. It was, I agree it with was Eli. Not even close. I'm not even close. Yeah, I mean, I and I relate to that mentality going into every game thinking you can win. When I'm at the YMCA going against 13 year olds, I'm like, you're fucking dead. So <laughs> exactly, I get it's it. A mindset. I get it's it. It's, I'm, I'm like you guys, you know. Did uh, Peyton played us a bunch throughout his career? Did you guys talk any any a bit that week? Did he give you a little lowdown on what he had to do to to go out there and play your best game? Yeah, sure. you know, we, we definitely talked just because he, you know, he'd gone against New England so many times and just kind of said hey, any any themes about kind of what they do or, or the timing about, you know, how they change up. And that's I think that's a great thing about, you know, New England and their defenses is that they're very multiple and they can all of a sudden just say, hey, this is what we're doing this week and show, you know, a defense they hadn't shown all year. And so he kind of said just, you know, a few things were just, hey, expect they'll have something new kind of the first couple series, first two series. And then as you make adjustments that third series, they're going to have even something, you know, different now. And so you're kind of always guessing. And then, you know, they might do a first half, they're playing, you know, a certain defense. All of a sudden, second half, you make all your adjustments. This is what we're going to do now. And now they're playing, you know, they've made their adjustments and changing up defensively. And so you just got to be kind of 
prepared for that. And they got, um, and so that's really, you know, it was pretty accurate to, to what they, what they did. Um, and they just had, they had a new defense. Uh, they had shown it a little bit against San Diego prior, um, you know, where they kind of had, um, uh, you know, double, double in Pikesville Burris, um, uh, and, and for us, and then kind of had a, you know, had a uh, extra safety in the box to stop the run, but he would kind of try to run out like a two invert strong, uh, with Rodney Harrison in the box, but he was kind of playing the, 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 you know, the flat corner, you know, position basically, but from, from the inside. And so they were doing that a lot to take away Plaxco and then also try to stop her run. I, re- I remember Rodney Harrison. I believe this was the year he got suspended for steroids. And then he came back and I was like, he's still on the steroids. You, you, <laughs> yeah. they, they didn't, they don't just wear off. You got to suspend him longer. And I was, I was, yeah, he was a, a intimidating player on the, on the pads. You, going into this, you won three straight road games. I mean, all, I, I, I would assume under, I mean, you're underdogs in all three of these games too. So that must have boosted your confidence. What do you think going against Tampa, Dallas, Green Bay? All tough games. Yeah, all all, t- all tough games on the road. But you know, um, that's that's we we had been a good road team. We were actually uh, we lost the uh, the first game of the season. We lost on the road to to Dallas, and then we won seven in a row on the road. So we were actually a better road team than we were a home team, which you know is not normally the case, but uh, so we kind of just said, Hey, this is what we are. We're, you know, we're kind of these road warriors. So let's embrace it. And, you know, we're almost say, Hey, we're excited. We're going to be on the road for four games. Um, if we got to win a Super Bowl, this is, this is where we play our best football. So yeah, took it into Tampa and just kind of the mindset. Um, you know, they were good on defense, uh, offensively, they weren't scoring a ton of points. So it's one of those games, Hey, let's play smart. Let's not, don't give them anything. Don't make it easy for them. And, uh, and this hopefully, we, you know, we can get a couple long drives, run the ball, short passing game, you know, and, and just, you know, score enough to beat them. And that's kind of the way, it, the way it turned out. Our defense played great. And then, um, you know, really the same, you know, Dallas was the team that was, was rolling. Roma was playing great. They were scoring a ton of points. They were good on defense to Marcus Ware. Um, and so, you know, that was just kind of a, you know, we didn't have the ball much. We, you know, I hit a, a, a curl route to Amani Toomer, and he kind of turns up and goes, uh, you know, goes 60 yards for a touchdown. And then we had a drive before, you know, the two-minute, uh, ha- you know, two-minute drive at uh, before the half where we scored another touchdown. So, you know, if you look at the numbers, we didn't, we didn't move the ball all that great, but we didn't turn the ball over. We didn't do anything. We got after Romo and got some sacks and then, um, kind of a um, you know a great cold game in Green Bay, which is just an awesome Brett Favre Lambeau Field, negative twenty four degrees. Coughlin's face is you know still got you know ice on it to this. You look like a basset hound. It was crazy, yeah. and uh, I so he just like a, cherry. <laughs> yeah, it's a great a great stretch of uh, of road games, and and we were playing our best football going into the playoffs, which is what you want. Now, now Eli, you're a tough, gritty guy that plays his best game in the biggest moment did you ever talk to phil sims the new york veteran the guy who's always around the facility i have to hear i work with phil sims on inside the nfl streaming on paramount plus of course and i have to hear phil sims talk about oh i go in there they gotta break down this i gotta did phil ever give you any words of of advice did he ever say anything and that yeah, especially I mean, in that first one this is the first one 
Right. And, you know, I don't, I don't think that, you know, sp- anything specifically for that week uh, of him being around, but he was definitely around, t- you know, tried to pick his brain. Uh, a lot of it was kind of a- around the old uh, giant stadium where, you know, the wind was blowing. He had some great advice saying, hey, you know, this certain end zone is always windier. It's just it's tougher to throw it down there. So you got to be careful with fades. You know, if there's a chance to kind of let the quarter run out, uh, if you're in the red zone and so you can switch it to go to that other end zone, you know, do try to do that. And so, I mean, just the, the, the numbers of touchdowns thrown for in his career and my career versus one end zone versus the other was pretty, um, pretty incredible because of just the, the wind and the way it would blow in that old stadium. But he was always around, always tried to ask him for advice just on, on managing games, on, on dealing with everything in the NFL. And, and so he's always a great resource for me. I do have to confess, you know, I'm wearing my Phil Sims t-shirt right now. I didn't want to be a complete Giants hater. If you see that, he's my, you know, he's my favorite New York Giants quarterback. No, you're my favorite Manning. You're okay. my favorite Manning, and that's, that's, that that's big. Sense. I'll take I it. I mean, there's a lot I'll, of Mannings that are studs. I mean, look, I mean, Phil Sims never beat him in a Super Bowl, so that's probably why he feels I, that way, you know? I get it. Now I you, get it. You talked about, you talked about long drives. You guys start this, God, you start this game off with like a 10-minute drive. Right. Like, was that partially part of the game plan? Let's keep this offense off the field. Let's have long drives. We'll make them one-dimensional. We can make, you know what I mean? Is that what you guys were really thinking? No, yeah, 100%. I think that was definitely, it wasn't a game where we said, hey, we're going to take a ton of shots and and have all these big plays and gadgets and try to, it was really, hey, let's run the ball. Let's, you know, have a short passing game. Let's try to just, you know, get at the third and manageable, be good on third down, so I mean, you know, really the game just started off the way we wanted to. The first, you know, kind of had a third down early, hit Steve Smith on a little option route to the left, and it's like, all right, you can take a breath and we can go. And, um, you know, like you said, yeah, we had about a, uh, a seven- or eight-minute drive. We settled for a field goal. Obviously, you'd love to get a touchdown there, but kind of under the circumstances That's of a, a lot of us in our first Super Bowl, you get the ball first and you take seven or eight minutes off the clock and you get points on the board you know, that is, that was definitely a win. And, uh, you know, really we only had one possession really, or, and we kept them to one possession in the first quarter. Yeah. And and it's gotta be, it's, you gotta be confident when you take that much time off the clock and then you get to have your boys go out there. That defensive line that you guys had was just insane. OC and and Strahan and, and all those guys talk. I mean, talk. Yeah. Was, did Strahan, this was his last year. He was such a beloved New York legend as well. And did he say anything to you guys that like fired you up? He seemed to have that energy. Yeah. I mean, we knew, we kind of knew it was his last year. And I think, you know, when you have a team and you have, uh, you know, your leader, uh, which he was and a vocal leader and always gave the pep talks, but you know, when, when your leader, um, inspires everybody and you want to win for him. Like, you know, obviously I wanted to win a Super Bowl for me, but I wanted to win one for Strahan, right? 15 years, had been to a Super Bowl one other time and lost. Had never got a, uh, you know, never been a Super Bowl champion for a guy who was, you know, was obviously going to the, the Hall of Fame, had been a, you know, still holds the record for most sacks in a season, all these, all these unbelievable career, but no championship, like you wanted to do it for him. You wanted to prepare better, play better, and and go out there and have your best game so he could, you know, kind of walk off and, and have that championship and, and put a stamp at the end of his career. You know, that's, Eli, that's kind of how I felt 
with with Tom. I was trying to get him four and then five. You know, I, he had so many great things. I just worked so hard to want. I wanted him to be, you know, that guy. And I I understand completely how you you feel on that. Now the first half, I mean, pretty much bloodbath, defensive battle, turnovers, sacks. Going to halftime. What's the mood in halftime? Yeah, I mean, I think we feel good about, you know, where we are. I think this whole, the whole mindset was this, hey, we, we just got to keep it, you know, we got to keep it close. We got to keep it tight. Um, you know, the, you know they're, they're talented. So it's just whether it's scoring a lot or, or kind of, you know, you never expected it, but it, it became that defensive battle. Our defense was playing great. I think we, you know, defense line was getting after Brady some. Uh, Antonio Pierce, defensive you know, linebacker, kind of the captain of the defense. Um, we were switching things up. If we had a, you know, a blitz to the right side and they, they saw Brady kind of making calls to, you know, to pick that up, we had calls to reverse it and bring it the other way. And so they were, they were throwing a lot at them and, um, and, and doing a great job of kind of, you know, the first time, um, you know, I'd ever seen our defense do that or really a defense do that, be able to communicate and kind of audible on the defensive side and not just like check the cover too, but like really, change up the whole blitz and zone blitz is where defensive ends are dropping now you know Strahan was rushing now he's got to drop and, and tuck but you had smart guys that can handle it so I think we felt hey we're, we're in a good position let's just keep you know let's keep doing that play smart don't turn the ball over don't give them anything and hey eventually we'll, we'll make some of our, our plays we'll make some adjustments at halftime we got to see but we got to see what they're going to do on hat at you know the second half they'll probably have a new plan so just be ready, be ready to make adjustments again. Game of adjustments. Now, the Coughlin and Belichick, they were always, you know, they were together on staff in the Giants. Like, did he have anything to tell you personally? Like, all right, Bill's going to try this bullshit or they, he's going to do this. Like, hey, watch out for this fucking shit. You know, watch, you know, did he have anything like that? You know, uh, Coughlin just said he's, he, uh, that Belichick is always going to look an advantage in some way there's that i mean there's any any way to get some sort of advantage really and, um sounds yeah, like just, he lacks character <laughs> if you ask me right and and so you know and and sometimes it may border on what's you know what's correct or what's right or what's you know spygate uh, he, he can't no i'm not calling anything he said he can't help himself he just whether it's with you know hard work also and preparation Eli, everything, are you but, calling are you calling bill just a cheater is that what you're saying right saying now he's, you, he's looking for an advantage and that's just that's sports you and, heard you know, him he, he can't can help it. himself just like he bill just, cosby you know, and, and he doesn't do hard work also he's not trying to he's not trying to go like the easy way and 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 and, and not do it through preparation but he just uh he wants an edge and 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 He's always going to look for it. And He's so an that's not guy. what I said. Again, that, this is in context. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Right. Of course. Yeah. Bill Belichick, monster. <laughs> Terrible person. Tom no. Coughlin, generous soul. <laughs> Did he say anything to motivate you guys? He seemed like he was a good motivator. He seemed like he adapted. Yeah, you know. Did he almost have a heart attack when he tried time. to motivate you? <clears throat> yeah, no. I mean, I don't know. Do you, do you ever remember a halftime speech that like really – you said, all right, yeah, that was it. Now I'm going to try harder because of that <laughs> halftime speech. I mean, you're in a Super Bowl and you're trying to win a ring. Yeah. I mean, do you really need to be motivated? What, I mean, what can someone tell you that shouldn't? I, yeah. mean, I mean, you're already in the biggest moment. And so, um, you know, there's not a whole lot you can say to, to be like, all right, now, now we're going to play harder. Like you're in the moment. It's just really 
it's really about making those adjustments, getting with your offense coordinator, getting with your offensive line, running backs, maybe receiver. Hey, we, we did this, you know, signal already in the first half for this. Now it's changed it up. Let's go to the second one. So just, you know, a few things that you're going to try to do uh, to make a play. Yeah, you got, it's all about making a play. And, and they had, I mean, they were just trying to keep it close. I mean, that's the kind of team they were. They were like a dogfight team. Let's run the ball. Let's set up little run action. Let's play penalty-free, turnover-free football and let our defense go out and win the game. Now, 2.45 to go Yeah, in the game. Brady gets the touchdown pass to Moss. Yep. And Moss had been contained to this point. Moss had a great, great game. You yeah, guys played him good. Now, I'm bringing this up because from there on out, every Friday practice, I heard Randy Moss. Did you? Because when you guys you guys got the ball back, we had the infamous helmet catch and everything. But it instantly brings me back to the time when you guys threw the touchdown pass. Did you know it was blitz zero? Yeah, clearly. Yeah, clearly. I had to hear Randy Moss bitch at Dean Pease for three years, every Friday practice saying, hey, Dean, that fucking blitz zero. Eli and Plaxico got that shit, Dean. Better throw that bullshit out. Like, I swear to God, I have nightmares of that. But when you saw Tom go and he goes and drives it, are you like, oh, this motherfucker, they're going to they're going to. Yeah, how how nervous were you in that moment? I mean, this is like this is like what every I guess football quarterback dreams of, but at the same time, like this is this is a scary stage to do it on. No, man, I think this is this is this is what you dream of. I mean, this yeah. is kind of as a kid in in your front yard, you know, walking around with the football. It's like you, you want to have a two minute drive in a Super Bowl to go win a championship and win a game, and so. You know, this is this is why you you practice two minute drives. Uh, you know, uh, my favorite part of the whole week of of our practice and preparation was on Thursdays. We did a live two minute drill versus starting defense. Really, the only time we would go kind of ones versus ones. Um, you know, offense versus defense, and you know, and it was just great work. And they might not you know technically play the same defenses that we might see in the game, but it's just good to work on the two minute drive. Because you're, you're going to run your staple plays. Like, you're going to run the plays you've run the most and you have a great feel for, and it's just practicing scenarios. And sometimes you need a field goal. Sometimes you need a touchdown. Sometimes, you know, you're backed up in your own 10-yard line or you're at the ball to 40-yard line. So every week was different. And so, you know, we worked at it. We were always pretty good at it. And so, you know, we were excited about it. And I remember Strahan, he's walking up the sideline saying, hey, the final score is going to be 17-14. Because we needed a, you know, we're down four. We couldn't settle for a field goal. You know, we're down 14 to 10. So the final score is going to be 17 14. And that's it. That's the mindset. And we go out, first play, hit a mighty tumor, a little curl route, um, kind of get things going. Would you like to get a completion? Got to like to get positive yardage on that first play. Um, you know, Amani was so clutch going. too. He was he, he was, was so great. big. Yeah. And then we have a fourth down. We we have a fourth, fourth down call one. with Brandon J. Brandon Jacobs, a fourth and one. Where I mean that thing was close. I mean, and that's I mean that's that's the unbelievable thing about that sports. was close, Eli. That was what about the holding penalty? Like, did you pay the refs too after What's paying holding? Asante Samuel what? the holding on the? I mean, were were they not holding when you me you did your little me? Uh, no, escape artist stuff? I went, no, they were I pulling mean, they, on his jersey. They're they pulling on me, but I was you know you can't call that in a Super Bowl. You can't blow the whistle. I mean, I mean they do that to keep guys safe. There's no there's no being safe in a Super Bowl. You gotta let the guys play. I respect it. Was, it. it. 
I respect right. you. You know, I, so I think it was good. You know, it was you know maybe close to being called, but like not 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 really. Not not in that moment. You gotta let them go and you know roll out. Just throw one deep and you know whenever you just throw a ball high in the middle of the field to like a, a crowded area, you know good things happen, right? When when you say <laughs> so, did you, did you did you did you literally chuck and pray? <laughs> did you chuck and pray? Exactly did you say a prayer? A chuck and pray. <laughs> was that a, a chuck and pray? Into the, it was a team uh, meeting. Dude, Dude, a team I mean, meeting. Rodney Harris. I think Tyree was giving Rodney a, like a piggyback ride when I threw it. He was like on the back. And, uh, you know, throw it. And, of course, he, you know, catches it off the helmet. And it's just, I mean, I didn't know if he caught it. I didn't know if it hit the ground. I mean, it was just, uh, you know, it's not the ideal situation. It's not, that's not, that's not how you imagine it as a kid kind of going on the two-minute drive. Is like almost getting sacked, rolling out, being third and five. You're running out of time. I mean, it's, it's more a little bit of a desperation. If I throw it away, it's fourth and five. You know, we got to get some yard. You know, we're running out of time here. We got to get a chunk. And so Saul Tyree just said, I got to give him a chance. And, um, you know, he, he, he made the play. Did you, did you think when you, when he made that, you're like, we're going to win this game? Did that, was that just no, like, no, because I mean, that's, I think a lot of people say that and they're like, oh, as soon as we made that play, I knew we were going to win. I'm like, I didn't know. I mean, how is that? I you know, we still had, we still had to score a touchdown. We still needed, 25 more yards, 30 more yards. And so, you know, we still had to make a third down conversion, hit Steve Smith on a few plays. And, you know, the Patriots just played like in that, in that scenario, kind of in the red zone, two minute, they played, you know, they played quarters coverage, quarters coverage, or and eventually they're going to come out all out zero. So he kept going trips right and kind of having a good play versus zone and quarters to the three receiver side. And we just had Plexco, you know, just kept putting him on a, on a fade. And we just said, hey, you know, they're, if they come out blitz zero, we're going to work the fade. They'll probably be off. If you want, you can give a little slant move, to, you know, maybe get them to jump. And, you know, finally they came with the all-out blitz. And, yeah, the corner kind of, you know, a lot of times, you know, we, we used to have like a hot adjustment. You know, if they blitz, you know, you could run a quick slant. And so he kind of gave the little slant move. You know, you got six six on five seven and Hobbs. I was just kind of I threw it really before he made the break because I know I, they got one more coming that we can block. So just throw it high, really kind of throwing a jump ball where he could just body up and you know um, I didn't know he was going to be open by, by seven yards. All fun aside, that that was that was pretty cool to see. You know, I'm an underdog guy myself to see someone like you, Eli Manning, come in there against against the world. Everyone, every, No one thought you guys were going to win that game, and no. you proved everyone wrong, man. And that's that'll be probably one of the best wins as a competitor you could ever have. When you go and you prove everyone wrong, eat it, New England. That's what you basically <laughs> said. And, no, and, wait. And, I, you know, you, and you know, I mean, obviously, uh, I mean, you've been around Tom a bunch and I've been around him and I never, I never mentioned either, you know, that game to him, you know, you never should. Bring it that up. would be awesome you know, if you just I, brought you know, it up all the time. Like, I mean, I mean, the guy's got six MVPs and seven Super Bowls. I know, but like, you were his kryptonite. I know, but, but, but I'm just saying he brings it up. He brings it up. Like it still uh, bothers him. Like that game, especially that one, just because they win that game. They go down as the greatest team in the history of NFL. And, and they, you know, they can't say that because the Dolphins still had that undefeated season. And I got more letters from old Dolphins players and coaches. And every time I saw them, they thank me. Cause like, and, and I see Brady's like, 
that freaking no, you know, oh seven season Super Bowl, like yeah, like it, it hurts them still. Um, which is good. I like I kinda like having that. I like that part of it. <laughs> so you said this is the greatest team of all time that the Patriots team, you said that. I mean, they, they so if they, you guys win, are you saying the Giants? No, no, they would have gone down if they win that game. So are, are the Giants the greatest? Is, are you, is your Giants team the greatest football team in the history of the NFL now? No, the 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 uh, the, the seventy one right seventy one Dolphins seventy two right was seventy two yeah seventy two Dolphins. That's you know they're the only undefeated uh, team to go through a whole whole season and win a championship. And so I mean, if if the Patriots win that game. They could say that, and they would have been the greatest. Uh, they're not the greatest, and since they're not the greatest, and we didn't beat the greatest, does that make us the greatest? We were the greatest team that season. We were the best team that season because we happened to win that game. Now, do you guys go have, like, a barbecue at the Manning household, and, like, you and, and Peyton and Coop just chimes in, and, and Archie's probably on the on the grill <laughs> making the burgers. Like, you guys just sitting talking old war stories about how much you guys hate Brady? <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, that, that doesn't. That doesn't. He's too come good out. looking. We, we respect. We respect Tom. Yeah, he's. Yeah, you know, it's like. No, what, but, but Brady's you know, what's, having what's a cookout about him. Just like a. <laughs> I bet you Brady's having that looking, cookout. Yeah, good looking guy, and with just those spirals and winning games. Like, why, how do you hate that guy? Yeah, but yeah, at he, his cookout, he he's us. bringing you up. He he's bringing us. you up, Eli. He hates. You know, he hates my mom. If it weren't for Olivia Manning, Tom would have like twelve Super Bowls probably. You can know? we can we get can we get that T-shirt made up? Uh, Tom Brady hates Eli's mom. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna sell those. That's now. a big shirt. Quoted by Eli. <laughs> she Manning. or Tom Tom Brady hates Mrs. Manning. Yeah, exactly. There we go. <laughs> no, merch. Hey, hey Eli, it, it, it's a pleasure having you. Um, anything else you got on on that game? Are you are you you're probably you're probably over talking that about this game. It's, no, give me can, give me some I, insight. I love, Is there I love any, talking about it. I love I love talking. You got to be love, over. It's got to be kind of boring now. Everyone's like, oh, you guys killed, you know, David versus Goliath. Yada, yada. I mean, I remember the the cover of the New York Post the next day. That's an iconic cover. I mean, was that just yeah. insane to be walking around New York after that? It was good. It was good. I didn't have to buy. I didn't have to buy a beer for in New York for for a good bit after that. So it was just, uh, yeah, to go. I mean, you've been on. You know, you've had parades after you win a championship, but, you know, to be in New York City, then the Canyon of Heroes where they've had, you know, war veterans and, you know, you know, Yankees going through this parade, just the um, amount of people that have been through there. And we get to go and you have three million people, confetti flying all over the place, you know, this people lined up for miles down side streets. It, that was that was pretty awesome. You know, I've been to Mardi Gras and, and been to some parades, but but nothing like that. Did, did Rudy Giuliani flash his titties at you when you won? <laughs> He's a big flash guy. Who, who, big who, who was like the biggest, the most New York person to reach out to congratulate you? Who? Um, Everyone probably. Did Billy Joel yeah. say hi? Yeah, uh, no, I didn't. I didn't get a. I didn't get a call from from Billy Joel. It was kind of pretext a little bit. So it was, you weren't texting that much. It was the old like. T nine, you, you know, you had it hit a lot, so it's kind of the short text. You had some calls, um, you know, from yeah, you kind of have some presidents, some some now which presidents you that you know that's like had uh, you know had a little letter from George George W. Um, had you know the Donald the Donald I think you know called left a voicemail at the time he was a New Yorker 
Um, you know, so you had, you know, some, you know, Jeter, who's like the, I think, you know, the number one New York, um, uh, athlete. Did Phil Sims hit you up? Uh, yeah. Phil, Phil, Phil definitely Sims. called. Yeah. He was definitely, he was definitely, uh, ex- excited and, and excited for the Giants and what we were going through and kind of was, was on that ride with us. Is your brother a little, is, is Peyton a little, he's got to be a little jealous about your record against Tom. I mean, I know. Peyton's knocked us out of a few AFC championships and all that, but like <laughs> you really are the kryptonite to Brady. Like, do you ever feel that he's a little jealous of you? Peyton? No, I don't think, I think Peyton, no? he, it, I think maybe for a little bit, cause kind of early on, like he couldn't, he couldn't, you know, beat him. But then it kind of, it kind of evened out with the Denver, knocked them out, you know, not out of a couple Twice. AFC championships uh, in in Indianapolis in 06, you, you know they 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 won that AFC comeback championship game down a bunch. So I think it all kind of eventually uh, played out. Well, we appreciate you coming on, bro. No, it's, appreciate it's a pleasure y'all. having you. It's a lot Big of fun. Fan. Love what you're doing. Love the show, and uh, you know, likewise, huge fan, huge fan of you. Just the the way you competed, right? I mean, just every day. Uh, just getting after it, tough catches. You know about making a big time, awesome catch in a Super Bowl. So, um, you know, it all kind of even. It all kind of evens out. We made one, you made one. It all works out. I guess you made a couple more against us, though. So, uh, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Yeah, he's lovable. He's the man. He's, he's, he's like he's lovable. New York royalty, a, a, a true New York legend, and uh, and a gentleman as well. He's my favorite Manning for a reason. All right. <laughs> Okay. Sorry, Archie. Sorry, Coop. Sorry, Peyton. He's great. I mean, uh, he deserves it. Really, a special. He deserves game. that one. Well, in 2011, he didn't deserve that one. I agree to disagree. He's a New York legend for a reason. That that is the high, you can't go any higher than that. Going against a Boston team that was 18 and 0, like you just can't. You can't go any higher. Eli, he 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 was clutch as hell. He really was, and. You know, I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He should be in the Hall of Fame. I think you and he should both be in the Hall of Fame. I, he, I, and I enjoyed watching the mutual respect right there. I, I like seeing him say, like, yeah, like the way you competed. That's that's cool for me to see. Yeah. That was just him being nice because he took my. Come on, man. My soul. <laughs> in a Super Bowl. Should we should we go through the prop bet from uh, what we hit on that? I. All right, so I fanboyed. I was three under for the fanboying. I mean, you got to count these as two, though. This right here? No? If we count the jersey and the hat, it was a push. <laughs> All right. Mr. Uh, Sims, was he, was he was well represented in this. Eight over. Mr. Sims. You really were. You were really filleting Mr. Sims I was six here. over? Damn. Six Phil Sims mentions we counted, so uh, we cruised to the over. Wow. We, hey, you know. Got to give respect to respect is earned, and Mr. Sims gets it. He does get it. What's the legacy for this game? I mean, this is, to me, this is Brady looking human once, even though he he did make the drive at the end. It was like, oh, wow, you can beat Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, the legacy, of this is, this is going to go down. This will always be remembered because just like Eli was saying, this could have been the best team in the history of the National Football League and arguably in sport, like the way they were blowing people out 
and the way they played. Brady to Moss, they were humiliating teams. Brady to Welker. Yeah. Brady to Dante Stallworth. Brady yeah. to Falk. Like they had an all-star team. This this has got to be. I mean, I've I don't know if I've heard it, but I feel Brady would give up two Super Bowls for this one. Really? I I, I feel he would give up two Super Bowls for this one Super Bowl. That's he'd that's still be at five. That's actually a great question for him. Yeah, he'd still be at five. No, he'd be at six, right? Because you no, he has seven right now. Though. Yeah, but if if. You uh, give up two and you get one yeah, back. You're six. I'm not a math guy. Uh, neither are researchers, apparently. <laughs> Jesus, that was that was terrible. Yeah, uh, yeah, no six. But I think it's important to have seven for him because Jordan has six. And when you look at the actual seven, is such an impressive number. So I'll tell you a story. Yeah, it was like 2014, the off season. Me and Brady are training in L.A. at his gym, and he has he has the location of where the Super Bowl is on his whiteboard wow. in his home gym. Wow. And it's like March. <laughs> and I'm like, what is that? He's like, oh, that's where we're going to go play the last game. I go, we're going we're gonna to get you to, to pass Joe, bro. We're going to get you to pass Joe. Montana, because they're four, you know, four yeah. Super Bowls. He goes, he looks at me with like that golden stare of those sizzling steel blue eyes with a very tight chin and says, yeah. I'm not going for Montana. <laughs> I'm going for Jordan. Wow. That was three before he was even like, that was three before he was there. Wow. That's crazy. And he, he, I guess if you see it, you can be it. Yeah. He's done it. He willed it. He willed it. And that's something you know, you see, but the long-term implications of this, say Brady goes out and wins this and the team goes out and wins this, will he have that same motivation, that same killer instinct? I think instinct? he does. Don't you I think? Do too. Just, too. just him being a killer. Like, I, you can't, I can't picture Tom Brady at half speed. He's not a complacent guy. No. You know, he, it's, he retired for like a month and he was like, I can't, I can't, you know. He, he's playing too well. And that's... Yeah. You know, the way he takes care of his body, the way he prepares, he's got that template down now. Do you ever try that diet he does? What is it, like no seeds or something? Nah, You're too much of a foodie. I'm a foodie, but when I was playing, I was actually real disciplined with my food. Really? Yeah. You I, weren't like Brandon Marshall where you ate McDonald's no, every day? No, I, I, I used I used to use a lot of the TB12 methods, uh, but then like when it said you couldn't like eat tomatoes or like... <laughs> A yeah, red pepper. No like, pizza? I don't know. Red pepper? I mean, I think red pepper, like a like a bell pepper. I, isn't that? That's gotta you know be you're good. healthy when you're cutting out peppers. Do you know what the rest of the country looks like? <laughs> Have you seen the rest of America? Can you imagine being like, I don't do peppers. I'm not on a... <laughs> I mean, literally, I was on a comedy club diet for like 10 years where I was like, yes, I'll have the mozzarella sticks on the side. This dude's cutting out peppers. I'm such a pig. I mean, that's why he look, like he's gotten better looking. He looks younger. But that's than, money too, right? Yeah, I guess that is money. Yeah, it does have a lot of money. Hotel inspired condo. That's pretty badass. Yeah. like it, Did he get like a concierge in the front too? Oh, yeah. I mean, he got full doorman. Love it. Full doorman. Love I it. I wish he still had that place. Room service? He's like, was, if I find a tomato on this burger, you're a fucking dead man. <laughs> definitely had, you know, he definitely had the chefs and stuff. I mean, he's... What's what's Tom eating? Like, he's not doing tomatoes. Like, what's he does his, a what's lot it? of smoothies. He eats like a bird. 
You know, like he has like a couple berries. A, a th- berries? A, yeah. The hell? I don't know, bro. It's crazy. I looked but at don't like let athletes. Him lie. Don't let him lie, bro. Every like at Friday, like or a night before game, like he'll have his like his own meal, like a, a TB12 like meal that's prepped for him by our chefs. They'll have like his little TB12 on on the the plate, and he goes over and he'll eat it. And then if no one's looking, he'll you bet your sweet ass he goes to that wings, the wings buffet part, and he'll grab two wings and he'll eat them while no one's looking at him. Like <laughs> two he, wings, he loves wings. You know this dude's discipline when him falling off is like he had two wings last night. Little, do you know what Lawrence Taylor was putting in his body? <laughs> I love it. Like the, the giants of like the nineties, I think of like Babe Ruth, old school players, hot like dogs, they're living on beer. hot dog cigarettes. They were smoking cigarettes and Tom Brady's like, I fell off hard the other night, guys. I had two wings. You guys are like, yeah, dude, you're allowed to have two wings. You're- He's a wing guy. He likes wings. Who is, who doesn't love wings? No, but he specifically like our hotel wings are like these breaded wings. Ooh. Hot, hot wings, chicken wings, no, barbecue. There, there, there was a, there's a, Buffalo one, and then there's like a plain one. Everyone will go the plain one. It's like a little fried chicken. Mm. He would gnaw on those bad boys. Two. TB12 die in my butt. I love picturing Tom Brady sneaking fried chicken. That's or, an amazing or, image. Or, or he does, or he'll take a bite of something and then like spit it out. <laughs> he just wanted to taste it. Are you accusing Tom of having an eating disorder? What no. the hell? No. I'm no, just that's, joking. That's amazing, dude. That's crazy. Uh, well, did we did we forget anything, Jack? We were pretty clean that episode. Sam, you were correct. Rodney Harrison was suspended the first four games of that 2007 season. Got to correct Eli. He undersold that first drive. Actually, it was nine minutes and 59 seconds. 16 plays, 63 yards. It ended in a field goal. The 72 Dolphins were the last undefeated team. And Bloomberg was actually the mayor in 07. Gotcha. But who knows? Rudy still could have been there. Rudy still could have flashed his titties. Still possible. Wiener whipped his dick out at the next one. All right. How, how about a wiener? And he's a dick guy. Isn't that weird? Like no, Bernie Madoff. Is that really weird? Madoff. He made off with money. That was, that was is same. it really that weird? Or is it like... <laughs> if your last name's Wiener, you're just fucked. You're yeah. just like, I'm going to send people dick pics. That's my name. Hopefully... You have a big dick if you have a wiener as a last name. I think he was doing okay. I don't remember the picture. How was he doing? I mean, he's doing horribly in his marriage, so I hope he's doing okay with his penis. They don't correlate. (laughs) They don't. They don't. Not a good move. Now, what do we name this game? This is either the 18-1 and or the 18 wins and one giant loss, in my opinion. Either one of those. The helmet catch? The helmet catch works, too, but for me, it's like that was an incredible play, but... It's bigger than just that incredible play. It's like, it, it, it's an incredible game. That play was insane, but to beat this team is really what I remember as a, as a sports fan. I really think Eli Manny may have paid the refs and Asante Samuel. <laughs> Seriously. I, I mean, he dropped it. It was wide open. Oh, dude. Holding. I, mean, I think Rodney Harrison paid someone to get back in so early. How the hell did they let this dude? He was still jacked. He was still yacked up on roids. It's insane. <laughs> Rodney Harrison was already terrifying. This dude's putting a needle in his butt to make himself stronger. I can't wait till we get him on here. And so then we're going to play back everything you just said to him. 
<laughs> while while we interview him. As long as it's on Zoom, I'm okay with this. <laughs> We're gonna have him in studio on this one. Let's give this <laughs> let's let's give this bad boy a score. <laughs> Stakes for me, it's like I know you don't want to give out. This is at least a nine five. You can't get higher than this. It's New York versus Boston. I it's would an say undefeated. nine seven. Uh, I mean. If, we, if we're allowed seven. to, do, I'm going nine eight. I mean, it's got to be an, it's got to be up there. Star power, it's up there, dude. Because you, you look at all the names in this. Strahan's a huge name, huge name. I mean, the guy is basically Oprah now. He is. He's everywhere on TV. Yeah. Eli's the biggest athlete in New York since Jeter. Yeah. Pierce. Antonio Tuck. Pierce was great. Talk. O- OCU Minora. OC And then, of Minora. course, everyone. I mean, you got Belichick, Coughlin, uh, Brady. Those are, you know, uh, Randy, Randy Moss. Welker. This, this has got to be a 9 8. 9 8. All right. We're going two 9 8s. Love it. Gameplay. Dude, I'm, I'm going high on this, too. Are you? Because the fourth quarter is really what it's all about, and it's an incredible fourth quarter. I mean, I like dogfights. I like it's a dog, dog fight. Fight. It, look, it was It was a dogfight. That first half. When you go in, what is it? What was it three seven three seven three at the end of the half? And I believe, yeah, I mean, I like think that's a that's a this is the Super Bowl. So if you're going as a whole, the fourth quarter is like a, a nine point eight. But if we're going as a whole, what what are you looking at? Like, is it dragging it down to like an eight five or an eight seven? What do you think, Jack? What do you think? It is. You know, I'm a homer. I give it about a one. Well, as <laughs> a, as a um. As a as a fan of you never see Brady get hit. So I remember seeing Brady get sacked and being like, What the hell? Like I was loving it. It definitely I mean the gameplay had to be eight nine. Eight nine is fair. Eight yeah. point nine. Overall, yeah. The name it's a good name. I mean, it, it, people know that name. Eighteen and one. That is, yeah. it, it's a demoralizing like if you're a Patriots fan or you're someone from New England, Boston, and you see eighteen and one, that I mean that hurts. And just for that simple fact that it hurts you so much or hurts, you know, us so much and it makes you feel so I mean, that's a it's a pretty good name. I'm going nine four. What's up with this. these uh digit name games that are just killing it right now? Twenty eight three, this. What what are we what are we looking at average here? We're coming in at nine point four seven five. That's 9. good. I mean, look, I mean we might have even done it a little dirty. I mean, it could be even higher than that, but it's that's a, a it's flat a classic. Eight. That's a flat A. That's incredible. It was a good game. I mean, it's 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 going to go down and always be remembered. I think it was it was a great game. You know, it, I'm not going to sit here and rain on their parade, rain on your parade. It was a good game. You know? Even if you ran in our parade, we still would have gone and heard an amazing speech from Michael Strahan at that parade. That's all for this episode of Games with Names presented by WinBet. Thank you so much to our listeners. Thanks again to all our sponsors. Follow us on all social medias, Insta, Facebook, at TikTok, Games with Names, Games with Names, YouTube. We're on it all at Games with Names. I'm Julian Edelman. I'm Sam Morrell. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.